Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. We've got a roundup at the top stories on Monday, June the 7th. Hope you're okay and had a good weekend and could enjoy some of the sunshine. It was glorious. Well, plenty more of that to come for the rest of the week by the looks of things. First today, we're going to be chatting about asylum seekers, in particular children who cross the Channel to Kent without their parents and need to be looked after. Now, we understand this is a really divisive subject, but whatever your view, there's no getting away from the fact that Kent is, for very many, the first place they arrive, and therefore the authority has a responsibility to find homes for those children. But now the council leader has said enough is enough. Roger Goff is threatening to take legal action against the Home Office, warning they're at breaking point and could be forced to refuse to take any more children within days. Well, he's been speaking to Joe from our colleagues at KMTV. Yeah, so we now have uh, a little bit over 400. 403 is the last figure I have uh, under 18 unaccompanied asylum-seeking children in our care. We also have 1,100 um uh, care leavers, so those have been within the care system now over 18, uh, again, of asylum-seeking background. So it's a significant uh, position. And if you compare it with what government itself, um, under its own protocols for the national transfer system, uh, says should be the case, then we should probably have uh, about 230, 231. So we are well over. We are running ahead in terms of the numbers arriving uh, compared with last year. And we know by uh, midsummer last year, we were in uh, very deep trouble indeed. So, for instance, in the month of May, we had 115 uh, young people arrive, which is one of the biggest months we've ever had, 50 of them just over the bank holiday weekend. So the numbers are significant, they are increasing, uh, and we are seeing increasing pressures. Whether you look at things like social work caseloads or the ability, uh, for instance, to find given that we actually have also some slightly younger uh, young people than we had this time last year to find foster uh, accommodation and so on. These are all uh, pressures that we're under. What does this mean for um, services? If it carries on the way it is, what, 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 what's the danger in this case? I know we saw one, that, that, that one um, young girl that escaped at one of the centres or something or was lost, basically. What, what, I suppose that's some of the dangers, isn't it, that you can't... Yeah, I mean, the, the, big, the big danger is, first and foremost, that we can't provide the uh, services that we are supposed to, but are legally required to, uh, certainly to an acceptable standard. Because, for instance, you see uh, social worker caseloads in that area go up dramatically. You know, there's a rough rule of thumb that about 15 is an acceptable caseload. We now have uh, social workers in the mid to late 20s, so heading uh, into uh, a level of about twice or nearly twice what we'd view as an acceptable level. That clearly means uh, significant pressures in terms of supervision. In the long run, if we end up with uh, large numbers of these young people coming into our care in full, remaining part of our system, then clearly that adds to uh, the overall pressures on our children in care services. Equally, because we have, as I say, more under 16s than we had in the, in the recent past. Uh, that means more uh, requirements for foster care. Uh, and in some cases, that's having to be sourced outside the county, which again is not a good place to be because uh, over time that means poorer supervision, uh, social workers having to spend a great deal of time traveling to go and uh, 
follow up, uh, etc. So these are some of the pressures that we see, and there are many more which are adding to the pressures on our services and our ability to provide a good service, both to those young people and indeed to uh, uh, those who are already within our care as well. It all comes as Home Secretary Priti Patel accuses social media companies of glamorising people smuggling by allowing videos of channel crossings to be shared freely. You've probably seen them, in fact, on social media. Well, Bridget Chapman is from the Kent Refugee Action Network, and she says that's not the issue. It's a, a badly designed attempt to deflect the blame onto other people. Let's be clear... Nobody is getting in a dinghy and coming across the channel because of a TikTok video. They're coming across because they don't see they've got any other options. Anthony Hook is leader of the Liberal Democrats in Kent and used to be a member of the European Parliament. He's pleased KCC are taking action. Liberal Democrats have been calling for some time for the council to take a tougher line with the government. We did that last year when there was a real crisis, when Kent said it couldn't meet its legal responsibilities to look after children. And the government's been taking Kent for a ride. People in Kent pay huge amounts of tax. Very little of that comes back to our local services. It's controlled by the central government. And looking after refugee children, which any civilised person would want to do, is a national responsibility. It's actually a very small burden if it's shouldered by our country as a whole. The numbers of children are very small for a country with 64 million people. Uh, but the national government has tried to load everything on the people of Kent, and it's grossly unfair. I understand that the caseload per social worker is higher than it is in other local authorities and higher than it should be. And clearly we saw the situation last year where they had to make a formal declaration, we're in breach of our legal obligations. So that probably could be fairly described as, as breaking point. It's a really serious situation, which I think will horrify people in Kent who want their local services to be run well. At the end of the day, uh, if people are really determined to make a journey, uh, unless you build something like the Berlin Wall, which God forbid we would never want to do, it some people are going to get through. And actually... Um, we need to make sure support is there. We need better cooperation between European countries because sometimes refugees go to one place and find their conditions are, are very bad. We've seen that ourselves at Napier Barracks, actually, that even in this country, conditions can be inhumane and unlawful. And so we need much more cooperation between every country in Europe to make sure we have a common standard for looking after refugees. That's much harder for the UK to try and achieve now that we've left the EU and can't show leadership on that or any other issue. Well, we have had a response today from the Home Office. They say those who attempt to cheat the system place an unjust burden on the taxpayer and prevent genuine asylum seekers from getting support. This is why the government is bringing forward the new plan for immigration, which will allow us to welcome those most in need through safe and legal routes while preventing abuse of the system. We recognise the long-standing role that Kent County Council has played in supporting unaccompanied asylum-seeking children and are extremely grateful for their contribution. We continue to encourage more areas to join the national transfer scheme and do their part. We have already consulted on how to improve the scheme to make it fairer, the outcome of which will be published very shortly. Kent Online News. 
Other top stories from Kent Online today and it's emerged a sex offender who targeted five women in Medway had carried out a similar attack a year earlier. Ayanol Arsini spent 10 weeks following victims home from Raynham Railway Station in 2019. The 27-year-old from Wakeley Road in the town has now been convicted of another attack in Gillingham the previous year. He'll serve his sentence alongside his current prison term. A 19-year-old says she's scared to leave her home after being robbed at knife point on the Isle of Sheppey. Jolene Bradshaw had won £1,000 in the amusement arcades in Laysdown. She then claims a man threatened her, asking for her purse. She was left with cuts and bruises. Police have told us they are investigating. One of our most read stories today is about rubbish, including underwear and condoms found at a nature reserve in Whitstable. The litter was strewn across Goral Valley at the weekend. There was also broken glass. You can see pictures at Kent Online. A former cabinet minister leading a Tory rebellion over cuts to foreign aid says a vote on the matter could still go ahead. That's despite claims Boris Johnson's narrowly avoided a revolt against the £4 billion reduction. The cut was made during the pandemic, but 30 Conservatives, including three from Kent, are hoping to force the government to reverse the decision. Tunbridge and Morning's Tom Tugendhat, who's chair of the Foreign Affairs Committee, says the country's reputation is on the line. The reality is that what we're trying to do here is we're trying to make sure that Britain's foreign footprint that global Britain uh, really means something. And, and I think that's absolutely vital to making sure we achieve our ambitions and our potential. North Thanet MP Sir Roger Gale and Ashford's Damien Green are also expected to back the rebellion. A cyclist has died in hospital following a crash in Ashford. The 31-year-old man was found badly injured on Beaver Road on Wednesday night and passed away over the weekend. It's not clear yet how he was hurt, but investigators are keen to speak to a woman driving a small white car who stopped at the scene. With just two weeks until so-called Freedom Day, Kent's coronavirus infection rate has gone up again. 333 people tested positive in the county in the week to last Monday. Rising cases across England have put the lifting of lockdown on the 21st of June in doubt. Surge testing has been taking place in Canterbury and Maidstone to see if the Delta or Indian variant has spread. Meantime, councils in Kent are facing a £20 million shortfall in tax because some households are struggling to pay their bills during the pandemic. Folkestone had the highest deficit of almost £3.4 million, closely followed by Maidstone and Canterbury. There are fears that without government support, some of them could have to cut services to make the money back. Kent Online reports. Now, after having to be closed for more than 400 days, final preparations are being made to reopen Kent's biggest theatre. The Marlowe in Canterbury shut last March as the pandemic took hold. There had been hopes last year's Panto could be shown to a socially distanced audience but another surge in cases meant that also had to be scrapped and it was filmed instead. Well tomorrow the curtain will go up again and people will be there in person to see it. I'm delighted to say for the next two days we're going to be joined on the podcast by the theatre's chief executive Deborah Shaw. It's been 448 days, um, 23 hours and it will be another 120 seconds um, from the from the moment that we closed the Stuart Lee show, way back then, uh, until we open six, um, so it's been uh, you know it's been an epic epic journey, uh, and we're all feeling exhilarated, uh, ready, you know, frustrated, um, but there's something about you know they talk about Doctor Theatre, 
the energy in our theatre and be amazed if the roof stays on, you know, and that's before the audience has got there. So we just can't wait to welcome people back, you know, and have a big celebration. So we're all ready, you know, and um, we've, we've worked out lots of different scenarios um, to stay open, even if we don't get to full capacity, you know, on the 21st of June, which was just the, the date no sooner than from, from government. We really hope that will happen. We hope that will happen for audiences, but also for the amazing producers who've been, you know, putting their shows back on. Um, we've been collaborating with them to give them a space early in, in the Marlowe because we're opening earlier than an awful lot of theatres. Um, and, you, you know, they're just, they're really taking a, taking a punt on it because they, they're not supported by any government schemes or, or insurance or anything. It's their own money that they're putting into this, but they really, they're joining us with wanting theatre to be back, you know, as soon as possible for our audiences. And for us, because we're in the centre of the city as well, uh, you know, we, we feel like we want to really contribute to, um, to, to getting city back as well, getting some life in, in, in here. And it's, so it's pretty high octane. Uh, we're living on sheer adrenaline. <laughs> you know, like we have been for probably about 448 days. Uh, and um, yeah, we can't wait. You've got a really amazing musical to, to kickstart it all off. We just mentioned before we started the interview recording about the, the real buzz in the theatre at the moment with them all rehearsing. Um, what, what's it been like? Can you give us a bit of a, a sneak preview as to, as to what it's going to be like next Tuesday? Well, it's, it's quite, I mean, the cast is such fun, you know, because they're, they're young, they've got fantastic voices, they're full of energy. I mean, you can get a little taste of it on our Instagram feed, you know, where we've let, let them have the Instagram feed. So there's sort of bottled madness going on in there. But it, it is, um, six is a real party, you know, and it felt like the perfect show. There's no interval. So what it means for our, our brilliant front of house team and catering stuff is they can, they can, kind of also learn how to uh, welcome audiences. Um, we've got a dress rehearsal happening on Sunday with the, the um, staff and families in to, to watch, to give them a dry run. And then they're on. And, um, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a beautiful piece of high octane theatre and um, it's, it's very controllable, as in there's no interval, there's, you know, it's a, it's a limited time. Um, but we're all, you know, we're all ready and really confident and we've, we've got a couple of kite marks of safety. We've been following all the government guidelines. We commissioned the cutouts, you know, to, um, uh, to, to, to uh, help us do social distancing with a bit of fun rather than some rules. Um, and hopefully it'll be like a seamless experience of celebration rather than any kind of, you know, uh, nervousness or, or anything about rules and stuff. So we'll learn something on the first night. And then, you know, we'll be, we'll be absolutely flying, I think. Um, but it's a great show to start. It obviously appeals to young audiences, um, particularly. Uh, young people have had such a hard time through this period. Um, my, my son's 20, you know, and, and, and that's really, it's really been difficult. And we wanted to give them something they can celebrate. Um, it's for all ages, but, you know, we've got other shows coming up very soon. Tell Me on a Sunday, Andrew Lloyd Webber producer Jamie Wilson put that together especially for this period while we're sort of on the runway taking off um, to full capacity so uh, there's the play that goes wrong um, lots of kind of fun celebratory stuff um, and 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 actually a season of absolutely 
amazing female singers, it seems. Uh, we had, didn't really plan that, but we've got them. Um, and it's, it's going to be brilliant. It does really feel like everyone needs a celebration at this time as we hopefully get more to back to normality. You mentioned there the cardboard cutouts. So for anyone who downloaded the, the panto and saw that, they would have seen the cardboard cutouts. As much as obviously keeping the audiences very safe, yeah. how nice is that for those who are on the stage? Because they're looking out and not seeing all these huge gaps in between the chairs. They do see a load of faces because it must be a bit strange in a theatre as big as yours if all the seats aren't full. <laughs> It's amazing how much, uh, I mean, Ben, the artist, has, uh, the challenge we gave him was you're not just creating portraits of these Kent characters, you're creating an audience, you know, so they are having a shared experience. And it's, you know, some might be uh, uh, licking ice cream or the clangers are eating popcorn or what, whatever, but, you know, they are watching a show. And somehow he's so clever, there's a kind of alchemy where there's energy that comes off the audience of cutouts onto the stage. And I know, for example, that our panto company really found it useful um, because, uh, you, you know, they were about, they were ready, they dress rehearsed the pantomime and they were ready to put it in front of an audience. And there were tears and everything when we had, you know, when we had the Kent variant and, the, and the, the lockdown over Christmas. And it was a really dark moment. But then we said, we'll switch to video and we'll put it on, put it online for our audiences as a present. And that, so they performed in front of, you know, a handful of the technical team who were allowed to be in there um, and, um, and the cutouts. And they, you know, they made jokes about it and everything, as you saw on the, on the, on the video. But they were, they were really, they've been worth their weight in gold, actually, through this period. And, and also, every time you go in the auditorium, they kind of hit you again, you know, and you see something new. And it's, it's just lovely because otherwise we just have a big empty auditorium which just makes us all cry really so you know it's it's kind of helped a bit with morale as well um and they you know they're marking a moment in history so we'll put them on sale at the end um uh you know so that anybody can have a piece of that history kent online reports the dog's been rescued after being left in a car for three hours in Whitstable. Police stepped in to help on one of the hottest days of the year yesterday. Animal charities are warning owners that leaving dogs in vehicles is dangerous and can be deadly. Stacey Dooley has been spotted filming in Kent. The TV documentary presenter was seen in Ramsgate over the weekend. You can see the pictures at Kent Online. And while you're there, you can find out about the best time to see a partial solar eclipse in Kent this week. Nearly a third of the sun will be blocked out by the moon on Thursday. Kent Online Sport. England and Sussex bowler Ollie Robinson, who's from Margate, has been suspended from all international cricket. The sanction is pending the outcome of a disciplinary investigation into historical racist and sexist tweets he posted. Speaking after yesterday's test match against New Zealand ended in a draw, England captain Joe Root said Robinson will learn from what's happened. Ollie's learned a very hard lesson. Um, it's unacceptable what he's done. He's, he's fronted up to the outside world. He's fronted up to us as a dressing room. He showed a lot of remorse. Um, you know, he's dealt with a, a huge array of emotions over the, over this week. Culture Secretary Oliver Dowden thinks the decision is over the top, though, and has urged the ECB to think again. Staying with cricket, and Kent are still waiting for their first win of the season after their county championship match against Northamptonshire ended in a draw. The home side tried to force a run chase on the final day at Canterbury, but were unable to take all the wickets they needed. 
Kent will get their T20 Blast campaign underway when they head to Hampshire on Wednesday. And Gravesend boxer Chiwon Clark has made it into Team GB for the Tokyo Olympics. The 30-year-old heavyweight won both his fights in a European qualifier event in Paris over the weekend to make it into the final four. He won bronze at the Commonwealth Games in 2018. Huge congratulations to Chivon. Well, that's all for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. And you can also subscribe to the IM News app, which will give you access to all KM Group newspapers. Just head to subsaver.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.